James Schmidt Show live from Atlanta, my hotel room here in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm sitting on the most uncomfortable chair ever. Uh, the beautiful Atlanta skyline is behind me. Uh, in my hotel, just got done with work for the day, and I had a bunch of people. I don't even know how to sit. I don't, I don't know what to do. I feel like I'm on, I'm, I'm on a casting couch or something. If I just got done with work and had a bunch of people texting me today saying, hey, where the hell is the pod? So I figured I'd come up here back in my room and uh, go ahead and knock one out real quick and get this out for the people for Wednesday. Tomorrow's Wednesday for Wednesday release. So if you're watching on YouTube and I look like total garbage, uh, it's because been up all day, on my feet all day, just, just sat down. If you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, I look gorgeous, bottom line. Um, so today we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Mostly we've got Taysom Hill, obviously coming out saying he's a franchise quarterback. Thoughts on that. Uh, the XFL, an update on China, and the Oscars. So let's get into, first let's talk about my travel a little bit here. So last time we talked, I was in my hotel room in McKinney, Texas. And I recorded that, I think on Monday. So I think, or maybe Sunday. Um, the first day, maybe Sunday. First day I was in McKinney. And McKinney is right outside of Dallas, about 30 minutes outside of Dallas. I'm also filming this on my new iPhone 11. Can't hide money. No, not a big deal. Don't, don't make a big deal out of it. Don't make a big deal out of it. It's not a big deal. But finally upgraded from the iPhone 6. This is my third iPhone. I had the 3. I had just a regular phone, like a slide phone. Went from that to the 3. Then went from the 3 to the 6. And then from the 6 to the 11. So... I guess I had the six the longest, if you, if you look at it like that. And uh, so, yeah, so hopefully this sounds better, looks better, all that stuff. All the pictures and stuff have been way, way better, so I'm sure this is way better. But McKinney, Texas is an interesting place because, so I'm from Mississippi, and Mississippi, I feel like, is stereotyped really poorly. I feel like a lot of the stereotypes for Mississippi aren't true. I feel like a lot of things you hear about Mississippi isn't true especially where I'm from, South Mississippi, where it's almost like Vegas or Atlantic City. Um, you know, people, people talk about Mississippi like it's dirt roads and no shoes. I live in a city with 14 casinos. So it's, it's I, I've never understood the Mississippi stereotypes. And, but you know, I hear them all my life being from there. Texas, and this is gonna sound bad, I guess, but to me, Texas is stereotyped almost by themselves. Like Texas wants to be Texas. Texas wants to be that, that stereotype. Everything really is bigger in Texas. And this was the first time I'd ever been to Dallas or been to Texas really at all, spent, spent any time in there. And everything's huge. I was there for the Super Bowl, as you all know, because we did the Super Bowl podcast from Texas. But the, the bar I was at got a beer and the lady came up to me and she was like, you want a small or a tall? Normal question. And I said, well, I'll take, I'll take a tall. You know, mama didn't raise no bitch. And uh, she brings me out this goblet. It looks like a, like a jacuzzi, like a sample, like a jacuzzi sampler. And it was the 36 ounces was their tall. 36, three beers. So Texas does it, Texas does it, but it's just so wide like all the buildings are wide open every little piece of land wide there's nothing on top of each other it's very spacey 
football is king. I was at a place, I was at a high school where it was a three high school district. Each high school had 3,000 students in the high school. And then it was next to the biggest school in Texas, which had 7,000 students in the high school. Uh, the football stadium had seated like 14,000 people. It was crazy. Uh, a lot of, a lot of just Texas, you know, a lot of, I was talking to one, the football coach and he played at Texas Tech and I was asking him who he roots for, you know, he roots for Texas Tech or Texas. And he said, and I quote, I root for the state of Texas. So Texas was a really interesting place. I, I didn't get to venture outside of McKinney very much. McKinney, it seemed small. It seemed like a normal city. And then when I was leaving, I saw the population sign and it said, McKinney population 170,000 which is a pretty damn big city for it just to be like a kind of suburb thing in Dallas but so Texas was cool that was all last week I spent two days home and then I came back or I hit the road again now I'm in Atlanta and I've been to Atlanta a bunch of times been to a bunch of Braves games one of my first my first Braves game not one of my first my first Braves game I'll, I'll tell this little story before we move on to the actual uh the actual itinerary here I was probably hmm, maybe nine years old, and you know when I grew up, TBS played every Braves game, so I loved the Braves. I couldn't wait to a Braves game to go to a Braves game. Chipper Jones, Andrew Jones, Maddox, Smoltz, Glavin, Mark Wallers, all those guys were you know Javi Lopez were, were heroes. So I go to a Braves game with my whole family, and my mom, dad, aunts, uncle, cousins. And me and my dad go to the field for warm-up, like the batting practice. And I remember, uh, oh, my God, what was his name? Michael Tucker. Michael Tucker. Michael Tucker. Michael Tucker. Uh, Chris's brother. Michael Tucker. One thing I noticed, I'll tell you after this, but Michael Tucker was in the outfield shagging fly balls. And... He was shagging fly balls, and he turned around and threw one like to us, like to the, to the fans, and it fell in between where the stands are, and there's like a gap in between the fence and then the actual stands, kind of like where security can walk behind, they can drag, like they can drive carts, whatever, and it fell back there, and my dad just jumped down there, just jumped down there, and jumped down there, grabbed the ball, climbed the wall back up, came and sat next to me, gave me the ball, we high-fived, it was cool. Now, I was a relatively logical kid, and I think I realized, yeah, I don't think you can do that. I think we're probably going to get in trouble for this. Big trubs. And he just kind of was like, hey, no big deal. No harm, no foul. I'm not here to blow up the building. All cool. And uh, lo and behold, spoiler alert, it was not all cool. And security swarmed us, and I was sitting there with the Michael Tucker baseball in my hand as they were dragging my dad up the stairs or up the, you know, up the ramp with his hands behind his back, head down, 10 security guards dragging him to who, who knows where. And that was just me. The rest of my family was out eating, whatever. So I was just sitting in the stands crying and didn't know what the hell happened. So finally, eventually, the security brought me to my parents or however it worked and, you know, told them what happened. And, and so the rest of my day was just an emotional mess. And finally, about the fifth inning of the actual game now, this is hours later, I'm sitting there, 
you know, thinking about, I'm going to have to go visit my dad in prison for the rest of my life. He's probably, he's probably already got the death penalty. So I already had to plan for, you know, what I'm going to say, you know, all, all those things. Do I, do I turn to a life of crime? Do I become a vigilante? Do I, what, what do I do the rest of my life? Do I become Batman? You know, I don't really like bats. I'm not a big fan of the color black. You know, like I, I don't look great in that. I can't wear a mask. So I'm thinking about all these different things. And he, uh, I turn around and there's this guy in an Atlanta Braves hat, Atlanta Braves jersey, sunglasses, sitting next to my mom, it's my dad. And he just walked back in the stadium, bought all new clothes, all new wardrobe, and watched the game. And that was it. And that was the, that was my first experience in Atlanta. But Atlanta is, it's cool. I like Atlanta. It's the South. I like the South. I like all that stuff. One thing I definitely learned about Atlanta, or while I'm in Atlanta, is that it's Girl Scout season, for sure. Girl Scout cookies are everywhere. Uh, Girl Scout season, or as R. Kelly calls it, uh, speed dating. Uh, Girl Scout cookie season is here. I was coming from the airport, and it was raining really bad. And this little girl, probably, I don't know, nine years old, 10 years old, ran up to me with an umbrella. And she was like, get under the umbrella, sir, get under the umbrella. I'm like, oh, this is so nice. Like, what a nice, what a nice thing to do. I'm soaked, you know, I'm soaked. How nice, just bringing me to, to the carport kind of area. And as we're under this umbrella, she's like, turns into like a drug dealer. She's like, you want a box of tagalongs? You want a box of Samoas? I'm like, what the hell? No lady, I just wanted the umbrella. You know, she's like, I got some thin mints. I got some thin mints. So I just, I just scooted off from the umbrella. I just had to get out of there. So I, I just got, I got wet. I got soaking wet just to get away from her. Talk about hustler, man. Those damn Girl Scouts, those Girl Scouts are like spawns of Gary V. Like if you, if you know Gary V, you know, Mr. Hustle himself, these Girl Scouts, they all have to be, have to be multimillionaires. I mean, they are, they are the original Arbonne. They are the original pyramid scheme, the original multi-level marketing scheme. They are Rodin and Fields if Rodin and Fields could bake. That's what a Girl Scout is. Girl Scouts, I don't know who bakes these damn cookies. Like, are they in cahoots with the Keebler Elves? I don't know. I don't have the answers. I don't have the answers, Sway. And, but somehow, they're peddling the most cookies in the world, and they're selling them, as far as I know, only by loitering outside of Walmarts. I mean, I you, can you order Girl Scout cookies, or do you have to get hassled by some nine-year-old named Ashley? I, I don't know. But Samoas are the best Girl Scout cookies, and that's not even close. But to move on a bit to the real news, now that you've heard enough about my weeks, um, so one of the big stories coming out from where my news is most located, I guess, is Taysom Hill. And the Saints are having a bit of a, a bit of a squabble. Taysom Hill has come out and said that he believes he's a franchise quarterback and that he'll leave. He'll leave New Orleans if they don't basically give him a shot at being the franchise quarterback. And I've talked about this a little bit before. I've talked about the Saints at length this season. Very disappointing season. A season where I feel lower than I have in the past few years with the Saints, where it's just like, okay, our window's closed, you know, blow it up, let's rebuild. Kind of in that mindset, it's kind of no longer looking for 
we can get home field, we can win the Super Bowl. Now it's kind of like, okay, let's let's create a five-year plan. And this Taysom news is really interesting to me because I think Taysom, I believe, and I think I've said on this podcast, I believe Taysom Hill could be better than Lamar Jackson. Not now. That doesn't mean he can be the MVP of the league. Doesn't mean. It, what I mean is he can be a better version of that kind of an offense, right? Lamar Jackson is so good because he is in a perfect scheme and a scheme that no one has seen. Okay, we agree. I believe that Taysom is that. I think Taysom can can run. I think Taysom can throw probably better than Lamar. I think he's tougher. I think he's more built for that running game. And I think he he does some catching. And then, of course, his punt returns and punt defense and all that stuff adds on even more value. And I think he's perfect in that role. I would love to see the Saints make a few moves and say, we're going to try, we're going to try at least a half season with this idea of Taysom running this kind of wildcat, whatever you want to call it, offense. I love that idea. And then you can even have Teddy or whoever the whoever else you want come in and be that that second quarterback. You know, just to give either let Taysom go out wide or let Taysom get in the backfield or whatever, give give Taysom a couple plays off. However you want to do it, I love that idea. What I don't love the idea of is removing all of those things that make Taysom great to just make him a quarterback. Like I, that's why it's so surprising is because I feel like Taysom loves. The punt, you know, return, the punt defense, the running, the catch. I feel like he's a football player and he likes to be on the field. I know he can do it, but when you're a quote-unquote franchise quarterback and you're taking every snap, that doesn't happen anymore. You don't, you don't do that. You, you can't. First, physically you can't. Second, you can't just be on the field all the time if you're the quarterback. You have to be, you know, on the sidelines with the Microsoft Surface tablet looking at the defense. You had to be on the phone with the coordinators. You can't just be throwing interceptions and then all of a sudden go and play safety. Or, you know, you can't you can't be running the offense and then doing pump blocks. You have to sacrifice some of that to be the starting quarterback. And I, I don't, I think, I think it may be a bit of a miscommunication from Taysom, where I think Taysom means I can be the guy. And that's fine. But if the question is, would I rather have Taysom as a franchise quarterback or Drew Brees or you know, an actual quarterback, I'd take the actual quarterbacks. And I love Taysom Hill. Love Taysom Hill. But I think he's asking for something that he may not actually want. And you know that happens sometimes. I mean, players... And especially from a microphone, sometimes players just don't really understand what they're asking for, what they're what they're saying. And I think that's what happened with Taysom. I do think the Saints should make a move. I'm not saying cut Breeze. I'm not saying cut Kamara. I'm not saying cut Michael Thomas. I'm not saying move on from these guys. But I think they do need to look at a plan of okay, well, if we are shifting from Taysom, what can we get from Breeze? If we're shifting from for Taysom, do we need Mike Thomas? Like, what can we get for Thomas? What you know? What do we need to make Taysom better? What do we need to make this Wildcat Lamar Jackson kind of offense better? And if they want to make that move, fine. I'm okay with that right now because I do feel like the window has closed. I feel like 
certain players on the team were part of a certain core, and that certain core is either older or gone or not the same. You know, that core being Mark Ingram, Kamara, Breeze, Lattimore, all those players are kind of different now. Breeze is less of Breeze is less of a throw it 60 times, throw for 550 yards, beat the team 55-54. Breeze is almost now more of like a Kirk Cousins, where it's a let's give him a high percentage throw that we know a super safe high percentage throw, and he'll make it. And that is what Breeze does. But as you see in the NFL, like Patrick Mahomes, if the Chiefs are, if the Chiefs were to run high percentage safe throws, the Chiefs would not have won the Super Bowl. In fact, that's what cost San Francisco the Super Bowl, was that Garoppolo was limited to high completion percentage, super soft, super safe throws. So I think Breeze lost his identity a bit with just age, not a big deal. Ingram obviously left. Kamara, I don't know what happened to Kamara. I, personally, I think he's still injured. Personally, I think he's hurt. In the dome, and where we sit in the dome, uh, the guy I said, the guy I go with, big shouts to Fred. He is the captain of Camara's garbage. And he thinks Camara's just not good anymore, doesn't care anymore, and lets everybody know it around us. And I am holding out hope that Camara is still hurt and he's not just totally washed. But he may be. Michael Thomas is the man, no doubt about that. Lattimore takes plays off, takes games off. He's a streaky player now. He used to be just a lockdown guy, but now he's pretty streaky. He's he's good against good matchups. He he likes to get up for the big game. But even in the Vikings game, playoff game, there was a few times where he just took plays off. A few times where he gave up on a play. I mean, he got hurt at the at the end of the game. So what can you do there? But there was a play down the where I was sitting. So if I'm, if I'm looking past the visitors' side, going to my right. There was a play where Cousins was scrambling, and, and Lattimore just quit. Lattimore just thought the play was dead. And Cousins ended up completing like a third and 15. And that, that was backbreaking. But, yeah, I hate to see this from Taysom. I really do. I hate to see this because I think he does fit into the Saints' future. I think he does fit into what the Saints should be doing. But I do not think he should be a, take 95% of his snaps in the quarterback role run a few times, and that's it. I mean, if that's the case, he's probably, I would guess, he's probably like a Mitchell Trubisky, probably probably about that level of however good Trubisky could be. That's probably where Taysom could be, because Taysom runs a little bit better. Probably relatively similar throwing the ball. Taysom's probably a better overall football player. So... You know, however however good you think Trubisky could be, I would say Taysom could be. That's, that's probably the comparison I would make. That It's the same group. It's like Trubisky, Garoppolo, Taysom. Maybe not Garoppolo, but... Now I'm pretty cool saying... The, he, he'd probably be like the... I don't know. 18th best quarterback in the league, somewhere in there. Something like that. Unless we see this re- this offense I'm talking about, unless we see a totally revamped offense, one of a kind, totally new thing, but that's different. But the Saints are not the only football on right now. The XFL kicked off this weekend. Watched a lot of the XFL. I, watched, I probably watched four games. I watched, I watched a lot of it. 
I, I think the XFL is going to succeed. I think the XFL is what people want. I don't think it's gimmicky. I think the rule changes they have, like the kickoffs and the two-point conversions, or the, I guess the one, two, and three-point conversions, I think the, some of that stuff isn't as gimmicky as I was afraid it would be. And I think it's enough football to where people want it. People just want football. In America, they want football. And this, people point to the AAF, the American, whatever it was called, that folded last year after like six games. The deal with that was they couldn't pay players off the bat. They couldn't play, pay players. They couldn't pay officials. They couldn't pay coaches. The XFL has no problem paying anybody. I mean, it has big backers. It has big backing from Vince McMahon, the WWE, these networks. I mean, it was covered all over the place. So the funding is there. And it's enough football to where people like it. In Europe, a lot of, like, we know the Premier League, right, for soccer, where, like, Chelsea, Arsenal, Manchester United, Manchester City, where they play. So what, what Americans fail to realize is that a lot of Europeans and a lot of Englishmen watch lower-level soccer as much as they watch the Premier League. So if their club is in the lower levels, they watch that lower level. They don't give. They don't care about the Premier League. They care about the sport of soccer. Just like how in America, we have we only have the NFL. But I feel like if we have the NFL and the XFL. I feel like people generally just want to watch football on Saturday and Sunday. That's pretty much a general rule, and I think people will recognize the game enough. It'll look enough like the NFL. It'll have players that have played in the NFL, players they know from college. And I think that people will say, you know what? It's Saturday, I'm cracking open a cold beer, and I'm watching the XFL. That's America. That's America right there. And I think as the XFL gets better players, gets more recognizable players, I think that that's where we'll see the XFL be a true, and it's not being a competitor. It's not a competitor to the NFL, it's a supplement. It's almost like eating dinner and then taking like a fiber like metamucil at night or something you know like it metamucil is not trying to replace your and i sound a thousand years old i don't take metamucil i swear but metamucil is not replacing your steak and potato metamucil is just supplementing your your diet right so that's what the xfl is doing the xfl is not trying to go head up against the nfl the xfl is trying to be hey the nfl is over you don't have any more college football you don't have any more pro football here's the xfl baby and as players get more accustomed to the XFL, these players like Cardell Jones and players who had a really successful college career and couldn't hack in the NFL, they can go to the XFL and maybe star. Obviously, these players are probably too far past their prime now, but the Kaepernicks, the Manzels, the Tebos, those guys, even the guys, the, you know, the Colt Brennans and the Timmy Changs, the guy who just went and lit it up in college, and then, you know, the Jason Whites, the Eric Crouches, the guys who went to the NFL and just couldn't find a spot, go to the XFL, dominate. We're, we're one player away, I think, from the XFL being a real, a real thing. And I, don't, I don't mean a big celebrity. I mean just a big, like a fun player to watch. Just a guy who's going out there, slinging it around, electrifying any position, really. I mean, it doesn't have to be a quarterback. It helps if it's a quarterback, but just going out there and dominating. You know, someone that people just 
love to watch. The XFL is one player like that away from really taking off. And we're only a week into the season. And sports betting being legal now, mostly, is obviously going to help people. Some people, not me. Some people just gamble, just want to gamble, just want to bet on football. The XFL is the perfect way to do that. The XFL is the perfect way to spend 50 bucks, 60 bucks, 70 bucks uh, just watching a football game. It's a reason America just wants a reason to go eat chicken wings and watch football. That's America. If, if you give America a reason to go eat chicken wings, drink beer, and watch football, they will happily do that. So I think the XFL will be fine. I don't think the XFL. Let me check my notes over here to make sure I don't miss any topics. Um, oh, great. Now my laptop's all. Uh, a little house cleaning news or housekeeping news. We are now on Spotify. No way this password's right. Oh, wow. This, uh, we are now on Spotify and we are on iTunes. So make sure to go leave a five-star review on iTunes. Go to Spotify. I don't know if there's even a review on Spotify. But show some love for the boy. Especially because we're putting these out after a 12-hour workday in hotel rooms. So we're pumping it out. So five-star review on iTunes, Spotify. Please and thank you. So China update. China update time. Just when you thought China couldn't be any more China, um, there was a customs at an airport took a bag of birds, dead birds, just a bag, casual, just a bag of dead birds from China. And, you know, they obviously confiscated them and test are were worried about the avian flu and all this other stuff. And, they, you know, they were wrapped up in a cute little, cute little pink bag with uh, cartoon dogs and cartoon cats. And turns out that in China, these are treats for cats. And people feed their cats uh, dead, dried birds. Because, you know, China. So this, the more I find out, man, the more I find out about just what goes on in China, the more I'm just downright disappointed. And, you know, I'm not just disappointed in China here. I'm disappointed in cats. I'm disappointed in cats. Because when you think about a dog, and you think about the treat, at worst, it's a bone. At normal, it's just like a weird candy kind of looking thing shaped like a steak. That's all dogs want. Hey, is that bacon? No, I think this is Play-Doh, but it's shaped like bacon. Dogs are happy. What do cats want as treats? Dead, dried birds from China. So, to me, there's a big difference. And like, oh... What a good puppy dog. Here's a fake steak. Remember like those like the gummy hamburgers that people used to get from like baseball concession stands? I used to eat thousands of them. They were the little gummy hamburgers and gummy hot dogs. And they were oh so cute. And they didn't really taste like anything, but they were cute enough to eat. That's what dogs like. Dogs like those, but that was like steaks and those, but made into strips of bacon. That's all dogs want. They don't want a bag of dried dead birds like cats cats what are we doing what are we doing cats you're 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 not making this any easier on yourself i don't like cats not a cat guy at all i think cats are not even really pets they're just kind of little monsters but the fact that they're 
their like, like their idea of a treat is this dried dead bird. I got nothing for you, cats. I got nothing for you. I don't want to go buy a bag of these birds. The fact that they sell them makes me sick to my stomach, and I could not be any more surprised that that's obviously sarcastic. That it's in China. You know what's in China? Coronavirus. You know what else is in China? Obviously, big ass factories full of dead, dried birds. You know where it sounds like coronavirus might have started? A big ass factory of dead, dried birds. These, like I said in my last or a couple podcasts ago, they're eating porcupine, bat soup. They're feeding their cats uh, dead, dried birds, and eating their cats, then eating some frogs or something, then watching some anime. I don't know what the hell's going on. All I know is that ain't that ain't egg rolls. That's not that's not sweet and sour chicken. That's all I know. And it's just getting worse. These dead dried birds, how insane is it? How insane is it that they found a bag of dead dried birds and it's just like, what's the big deal? That's just what my cat eats. What? What? That's not just what your cat eats. If my neighbor, and my neighbor doesn't have cats, but pretend like my neighbor had cats. I don't mean the hotel, I mean in my house. If my neighbor at my house had cats and she was like, Hey, um, I'm getting some mail tomorrow, and I, uh, but I'll, but I'll be out of town. Can you grab it for me? And I went to her mailbox. It was a bag of like a like a great value bag of just dead, dried birds. I would call the police. That that's really about it. I wouldn't be like, hey, yeah, I got your, uh, I got your. Let's see, I got um this 70, 70 pack of a. Uh, uh, dead dried birds. Is this what you were looking for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's for my cat. Oh, no big deal. That's LOL. LMAO. That's a great cat treat. No, I would call the police. Okay, Stephen Avery is doing life for way less than feeding his cat dead dried birds. Okay, OJ is innocent now, so I guess that's a bad example. Scott Peterson is doing life for way less and feeding his cat dead dried birds, okay? That's something to think about. That's something to think about. So that's the China update. I guess we'll be doing China updates on the podcast until uh, I guess the end of the world because it's just getting worse and worse. So yeah, hopefully I'll be able to edit a picture of these dead bird bag treat toys so that you can see what I'm talking about. But if you can't, go search Twitter, it's been everywhere. And finally, the last thing, the Oscars was this weekend. Uh, I didn't watch any of the movies uh, for probably the past five years. I haven't watched an Oscar movie in forever. I, I, I'm really not even here to talk about the Oscars. It, it, are movies just dead? Like, do people watch movies? And I, I thought about this when the Oscars was going on. Because I was thinking, you know, when you think about today's day and age, it's so fast, right? Like most of the time, you're watching a TV show. Okay, how are you watching the TV show? You're watching 10 episodes at a time. Okay, how are you doing that? Laying on your couch with your iPhone here, your laptop here, and then the, the TV playing haphazardly in the background. And don't, don't, don't say you don't do that, because I know you do that, because I do that. I'll have my phone here, and I'll have my laptop here, and then I'll have Netflix going. And I'll watch a whole, I'll watch five seasons like that. I'll watch I'll watch a season of Netflix simultaneously while watching YouTube on my laptop 
while simultaneously going through Twitter or Instagram on my phone. So I'm watching like 40 different things at the same time. So I know you do that too. And you don't have to lie to me, okay? I'm not here, we're not here to, we don't need to confess anything. But it's just, when you think about that, and then you compare it to the movies, you compare it to driving to the movie, buying a ticket, getting in line, getting in a seat, sitting in the same seat for two to three hours, really can't use your phone, because you know, it's rude, definitely can't watch YouTube or have a laptop, you can't really go to the bathroom. You can get one snack, popcorn, nachos maybe, foolishly if you do nachos, because they're not gonna last the whole movie. It's just so counter, counterintuitive to how the rest of the world is moving. Everything else in the world is moving to how fast can I do it, and how many more things can I do at the same time. Movies are slow everything down, focus on this one thing, and just watch. You know, turn your phone off. Just that. Just the idea of I'm not going to have my phone. I'm not going to be using my phone for the next two to three hours. Maybe focus on this one thing. Really think about that. Really think about how much you, during your day do you just focus on one thing. I mean really focus on it. I don't mean like do something for five minutes at work, then check your phone, then ten minutes at work, then like go take a bathroom break, come back, like... That's not focusing. I mean, focusing on one thing for like an hour and a half, two hours. When is the last time you've really done that? How, how much do you do that? People don't even read, much less focus on something for an hour, hour and a half. So I, it, I think movies, not to mention too, the whole idea of going to the movies is so opposite. What, what, what's, the, what's the new thing that everyone, everything's trying to do? Stream instantly. Boom, on your TV. Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, everything is trying to be digital. Within one app, within one icon, should be everything you need. Rent movies, buy movies, watch shows, whatever. They, they, they don't want, you know, this, pe people don't even want their TV series to last more than about 10 hours. People want to watch a whole season of You or Game of Thrones or whatever. They don't want to watch one episode per week. That, that's how just fast everything is. That's how immediate everything is. They want you know, their Hulu, they want their Netflix, they want their shows, they want their movies on their clicker, on their TV, immediately. They don't want to get dressed, they don't want to go buy, and then you think about the price, okay? Netflix, what they're used to paying, 12 bucks a month, whatever it is, Hulu, same thing, Sling, 10 bucks a month, we, we, the list goes on and on. Disney Plus, like four bucks a month. And then you talk about going to a movie theater and paying $12 a ticket, then $6 in snacks, at least. You're talking about $20 for one night for a two-hour movie compared to $20 a month for Netflix, Disney Plus, and Hulu, and ESPN Plus, I guess. It just seems like movies might be kind of backwards. I mean... I hadn't even heard of half these movies. I, I, have, I had not heard of the movie Renee Zellweger was in. I had not heard of Parasite. I thought Parasite was a sequel to The Human Centipede. And I was pretty cool with that until I realized that there was no centipede. And so I was like, eh, maybe, maybe I don't want to watch Parasite. Ever since The Human Centipede, I just watched movies for like 10 minutes. And if another person isn't attached to another person, I'm, I'm out. I'm not watching. That, that Human Centipede ruined movies for me. 
You know, I watched uh, Godzilla the other day, 20 minutes in. I was like, why is this Godzilla not attached to that Godzilla? I'm out, okay? No moss, no thanks. So Human Centipede, I know changed movies for me. Once you, once you go through the plot line of, wait, what, what's the plot? Uh, this guy's face is tied to this guy's butt. And this guy's butt's tied to that girl's face and they have to walk around in this yard over here. And this doctor, scientist, is kind of watching them. Once you get past that plot line, it's hard to be like, okay, what am I watching now? And it's like, you know, a, a reboot of Queen Elizabeth's life or something. You can, the, plot, the plot only has to get crazier. It has to get crazier. It can't go the other way. You can't be watching 1917. Like, oh, wow, this is a really nice depiction of, the, of wartime. You know, it's like, let's, let's tie some faces to butts, ladies and gentlemen. But thank you guys. Let me know in the comments below what you think. Are movies over? Are movies done for? Will we ever go back to the movies? Are the Oscars just kind of sad at this point? Are the Oscars just a reason for Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio to hang out for a night? Is that all the Oscars are? Let me know in the comments, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, I'm hoping to have this out. This is my first time doing this on the iPhone, so I'm not sure how this is going to go. I'm going to use iMovie and GarageDoor or GarageBand. Which one is it? I think it's GarageBand. I'm going to use those two to try and export. So hopefully everything looks good. So um, we will see. iPhone 11's first try at this. So I'm very excited to see. Hopefully this, I'm shooting this blind because I'm looking at the back of my phone. So I can't even see if I'm in the frame. So I might not even be in the frame. Might be like half my head cut off. Really don't know. The Atlanta skyline should look good. Uh, weather's been pretty good tonight. Last night was super foggy, so it's really nice you can actually see it. And uh, thank you very much for listening. I'll give you a, a look. I'll, I'll actually grab the camera here and give you a look at the skyline as we exit. Oh, that might be my ceiling. If you're listening on iTunes, uh, sorry, but there we go. So good night from Atlanta.